you know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. Yeah. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie also from quince. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly... Uh, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. Yes. I'm Dori Shafrir. I'm Kate Spencer. We're not experts. But we are two friends who like to talk about serums. That was a new twist on things, Dori. That was fun. That was fun. You know, we got to spice it up. (laughs) Just like to keep it interesting. Dori. Yes, Kate. I'm so happy you're back. I know we already said this last week, but... I'm happy you're back. I'm happy to be back. It's great. I missed you. Missed our listeners. You know, I realized in last week's episode, I meant to give a special thank you to all of the guest hosts who so kindly filled in for me. They were really fantastic. Nora McInerney, Maureen Goo, Jackie Johnson, Sammy Junio. I mean, a Sammy, a mini and a full. (sighs) I mean, and they Jackie are, they yeah. were, yes, no, they really stepped in. They were wonderful. Yeah. So thank you. Yes. Thank I, you. I had a blast getting to chat with new faces. Well, f- all familiar faces. Sure. New chats with them. Yes. And they were also very excited for you. Yeah. It was very sweet. They're so nice. They are nice. How are you doing? Well, I have just so much going on that is very basic. I've had okay. a I've had a cold, mm, a summer cold. I had a summer cold. It started exactly a week ago, and because of the summer cold, I stopped. I didn't. I didn't. wasn't Haven't been drinking coffee, mm-hmm. which I freaking love coffee. Mm-hmm. And I wake up and like pour it in my mouth. It's mm-hmm. just that place. And I I even was when I was in Atlanta recently. I even had coffee at a restaurant and I liked it and I bought it oh. and flew it back to California. Wow. So I haven't had coffee for a week and okay. I have to tell you, I don't miss it at all. And I'm a little freaked out by that. Yeah. Because I f- love coffee. Yeah. But I have been making, I'll have a, I have a cup of warm tea and then I have been making myself a matcha smoothie. Ooh. So I, when I was visiting Atlanta, I stopped by a juice bar and had a matcha smoothie. I feel like Atlanta was... Wow, did it transform me? Transformative for you. I'll tell you what, I met a lovely people, communities were great, restaurants were fantastic, it was really a cool city to visit, um, 
but I had this matcha smoothie and I was like, what's this? I've never thought about making matcha into a cold thing. Then when I, then I Googled a bunch of recipes and then when I got home, I kind of started improvising and I have been craving this freaking matcha smoothie every morning. What do you put in it? Two TSPs of matcha powder, which I happen to have a lot of, um, I received some as a gift and I was into making, um, matcha green tea for a hot second. And then I haven't in a while because I've been so into coffee. So I put in the matcha powder, a big ass handful of spinach, like tons of greens, ice, almond milk. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see what else has been going in there. Aloe vera juice. Ooh, look at you. Uh, Someone told mentioned that they love drinking aloe vera juice. It makes their skin all dewy. So I'm like, all right. So I've been throwing that in there. A lot of ice. Did I say that? What else is going? Oh, a banana, obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've been throwing my collagen powder in there for a little protein. It's a real catch-all smoothie. Look, I have just been... It, it tastes so good. Then I, a couple drops of stevia mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and some vanilla extract. Ooh. I don't know. This is just kind of... I, I Googled a bunch of recipes and this these are the things that kind of popped out and sounded good. Okay. And it's delicious. And like refreshing. It's also hot here. So it really kind of, I'm not normally a morning smoothie person, but, and I, when I had a very bad sore throat, it was just icing my sore throat. And Mm -hmm. now I'm like a week into this matcha smoothie situation and I'm just going to, you know, go with it as long as I go with it and I'll have coffee again when I want to. I'm into this for you. I like it in that, um, I have just noticed a difference in my digestion, not having coffee mm-hmm. and in how I feel. Mm-hmm. And that's been very interesting to observe because mm-hmm. I don't really notice a difference when I eliminate um, something from my diet. Yeah. I, I've ever really had that. You, you stopped drinking coffee when you were pregnant. Have you picked it back up? No. Wow. And I also, I don't have caffeine. Holy shit. Yeah. Who am I? You're Dory Shafrir 2.0. It's weird. And you don't feel um, you're not drawn to it in any way. That's like, that's a, it's a, it's a tough thing to break caffeine. Yeah. I mean, that was why once I broke it because I was so sick, I was like, I'm not going back. It's so hard to take yourself off coffee. It's, I, I'm, I honestly cannot, I'm shocked that I haven't yeah. had it in terms of like, I get headaches and stuff when I don't yeah. have enough caffeine and that isn't happening to yeah. me right now. But, you know, it's uh, it's kind of liberating to not have ca- caffeine dependency anymore. You, would you still drink anything decaffeinated or do you think just that sensory experience would then lead you back down the road to a caffeinated coffee? I don't even like have the taste for a decaf coffee. Not even an iced. Didn't you used to drink like a big iced cold brew yes, or something? I used to drink like like so much coffee. I would start the day with a cup of coffee at home, a cup of hot coffee at home, like the second I woke up. Yeah, same. And then I would have an iced cold brew like an hour later. And that's like a jolt. Like that's that's very caffeinated, right? Yes. And then in the afternoon, I used to have a latte and I had reduced that to an iced green tea. So, you know, by the time I got pregnant, I wasn't drinking as much coffee as I had formerly been drinking. I mean, I think when I worked at BuzzFeed, I would have the cup of coffee in the morning at home, the iced coffee. When I would get to work, I would have another coffee. Like it was just like so much coffee. Um, And then of course the afternoon coffee. I always had a 3 p.m. cutoff of coffee or I had trouble sleeping. Yeah. Um, But other than that, I was like, drinking a lot of coffee i liked it i love i mean i no one is more shocked than me that i have gone a week without coffee yeah i freaking love it that's 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 amazing and also what i'm also trying to do though is not make it a thing like Mm -hmm. not put any labels on the choices i'm making not me like well now i don't drink coffee totally just just, uh, it's where i'm at today tomorrow i might pick it up well it's funny you say that because i feel like now when it comes up and I say I don't drink coffee, I, I find I always feel like I need to qualify it by being like, oh, well, I, you know, I, it wasn't like I set out to stop drinking coffee. Like I just stopped because I got really sick my first trimester. Like, I don't want you to think of like one of those people who was like, I'm going to stop drinking coffee as though like, who cares? And also, yeah, good for those people. Exactly. I know. I know. But like in my mind, I think 
I think my like self perception is that I'm not like a person who would quit drinking coffee. I get it. But I did. And like, who cares? Um, but also you can like, it, it feels good. Like you, you've noticed a change in which you totally. feel better. Yes. Yes. Um, and I do think my digestion is, is better. Isn't that crazy? I have some good poops. Yes. And I always thought coffee was the thing that was making me poop. Like, you know how it's a, it's a, yeah, um, it's a diuretic. Yes. Mm-hmm. But not having it in the morning, my it's a better pooping situation. It's better, instantaneous. Better poop. It's been shocking. More solid poop. Yes, yeah, story. Mm-hmm. Listeners, do you want to know the details of our poops? Probably not. We've talked about it before. We have. But but it's also just They know like, what to expect. That's right. <laughs> if you're new to this podcast and this is your first episode, we welcome you with open arms. And open poops. And open... <laughs> Jeez Louise. Anyway, that is what's been going up with me. Going, going up with me. Going on with me is just this observing the fact that for the first time in many years, I don't need coffee, and it's yeah. bonkers. Yeah, and it saves money. Yeah, and time, and just I'm not at, at 10 a.m. all of a sudden being like, oh, I'm so dehydrated because all I've had is coffee for four yeah. hours since 6 a.m. Well. Th- one more thing about coffee and then we can move on. This is the um, coffee episode. <laughs> but I remember like traveling was always annoying when it came to coffee because I needed it when I woke up. Yes. And so like if there wasn't a coffee maker in a hotel room, I then had to go like seek out coffee, not know where it was. Like it, it just was like a whole thing. And if I didn't get it, I would be cranky and have a headache headache and like yeah so I don't know it's interesting it is interesting yeah yeah has anyone quit coffee and never turned back besides Dory let us know let us or if you have or if you do drink coffee and you feel like it benefits you let us know that yeah Dory what's up in your life well I was thinking about breastfeeding your boobs are a big part of your life right now they are also big. <laughs> they are sure. literally big. They're full of something. They are full of stuff. Oops. Um, yeah, I mean, I, before I had Henry, I was like, I think I want to breastfeed. Um, and so I kind of set myself up to do that. But I also was like, we will, I, I just assumed we would be supplementing with formula. Um, and we registered for the baby Brezza, which is basically like a Keurig for formula. I've seen it at a friend's house and now at your house and it's very magical. It's very magical. You you like tell it how much formula you want and you press a button and it makes a bottle for you. A nice warm bottle. I um, drink it. Sounds right. Um, so yeah. So I never kind of had this feeling of like I must breastfeed at all costs. But the idea of it did appeal to me for a few reasons like one I just think it's cool yeah that like your body can produce food for another human it is crazy like that's cool yeah um and also like I I just like like the idea of kind of bonding with him in this way like it seemed nice and like unique and you know whatever I, I like I, I was curious about that it's affordable too breast milk can be free here's the thing oh here we go i've been thinking a lot about this i am very excited to hear where this is going to go and i think i actually might write something about this because i have spent way more on breastfeeding than i have on formula even with the baby brezza between the pumps the pump accessories the things to not to get rid of the clogs in my boobs to make them not engorged the supplements to produce more milk the the breastfeeding pillow that like it just goes on and on and on and I think because I I produce milk but I don't produce a ton of milk and my boobs were getting engorged like pretty regularly. I just kept looking for stuff that was going to help. So I bought like, for example, I bought these um, 
lactation massagers that are like these little things that vibrate and they are heated that you can put on your boobs as you pump and they're supposed to help like declog them and help you produce more milk. Those cost $80. I've never even heard of these things. They're new. Things have changed. There's all sorts of boob technology now. (laughs) Well, you make an interesting point because... Nursing bras. Yes. Like, sorry, go on. No, no. I just think it is interesting, the consumerism geared towards new mothers of certain means Mm -hmm. uh, and also mixed with... um, this weird perpetuated feeling of inadequacy if you don't make the choice to breastfeed. Like there's mm-hmm. just like layers and layers and layers mm-hmm. of shit. That can be a lot. Yeah. Or like, you know, there there are now these new pumps that you can put in your bra and like they are it's kind of self-contained. Um, they're really expensive and like my insurance didn't cover them. But I was like, do I need one of those? Should I get one? I mean, they're like hundreds of dollars and then today I was talking like no I'm not I don't I don't need this <laughs> like it's fine um but I did buy again for $80 a thing that I could attach to my current pump that are those kind of cups so you can like theoretically do more stuff while you pump um but just like all that stuff you're just always like oh maybe this is gonna be the thing right right you know, which is a path I feel like we are set upon as women often. Mm-hmm. This will be the thing, yes. dot, 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 whatever yes. it is. That, that can apply to so many areas of our lives. Totally. And reality, what we really need is already within a story. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, I solved the world. <laughs> Thank you, yep. Kate. Yeah, um, yeah, so, you know. Right now, I'm continuing to... I breastfeed him twice, usually about twice a day. I pump four to five times a day. Um, and then we also feed him formula. Because he's a hungry boy. And I cannot make enough milk for him. And when he breastfeeds, he doesn't get enough. Like, he, like he's still hungry yeah. after he yeah. breastfeeds. He's like... More, more, more. <laughs> Just like me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So that's that's been on my mind. I bet. That's really interesting. I can't mm. wait to read this piece you're going to write about well, it. Well, let's see if I well, actually write it. Well, but you're, you, have, you're still have a newborn baby here. So, yeah, I, I, I guess the thing that made me think about this is that even when people are like breastfeeding isn't free, like women's time is, you know, valuable, blah, blah, blah. And Yes, that is true. And then I was like, but I have also spent actual money, (laughs) like a lot of it to try to make this happen. And it's like sort of happening. And I, and I know that at any point I could just be like, I'm done. Um, But I think it's like partly I'm stubborn. I'm a Taurus. You've got those. In case you didn't know. You're a bull with two horns. Um, So that's part of it. And then part of it is like, again, the things that like, made me want to breastfeed. I I do like that part of breastfeeding. I also like that when you give a kid a bottle, your partner can. Yeah. If you have a partner, your partner can feed the, the mm-hmm. baby. Someone else can feed the baby, which is re- and then they can bond with the baby, which is really nice. Totally. And also like I feel like I also bond with the baby when I bottle feed him. Yeah. Like we get all cozy. You know, there are lots of ways to bond. Totally. I don't want to imply that like breastfeeding is the only way to bond no, with your no, baby. No, I know you're not. Um, anyway, so, so yeah, your boobs are on your mind. My boobs are on my mind. I think about them a lot. They're tender too when you have them. They are so tender. It's a weird feeling to have all that ting, like just so many yes. nerve sensations in your boobs. Yes. And I know that like when they start kind of tingling that I, I only have like, an hour max before I need to like, or they explode. Yeah, before I need to empty them, <laughs> like a cow. Uh, oh God, our bodies are freaking weird. Our bodies are. are I weird. mean, they're also amazing. They are the stuff our bodies can do. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I was never able to do a back handspring, but I, I still can't. I I can't even like bend backwards. Oh, but totally. you know, we can do other things. Yeah. 
Dory, can I tell you real quick before we take a break? I returned stuff to Sephora for the first time. How did it go? It was totally not a big deal. <laughs> they were real. I like marched in and I was like, oh God, I'm nervous. I tried this stuff and I didn't like it, but I've tried it. And they were just like, cool. They were so nice. It couldn't have been. Yeah. It couldn't have been easier or like, and I, I think I also had guilt because I don't like the idea of like a product going to waste. Yes. I hear that. Um, so I was feeling, you know, I, th- I thought about maybe trying to sell it to somebody can else. I ask what you return? Yes, you can. So I bought a bunch of stuff in the Sephora sale. Yes. And the two things I returned was an herbivore CBD oil. Oh, okay. Face oil. I had gotten that because a lot of people have been writing and asking us about CBD products. Mm-hmm. So that is on our list of things we're exploring. But we don't, we're not, again, CBD experts. But I was like, why don't I try a CBD product and see? And I didn't, I didn't, I I think it's supposed to help with inflammation and redness and I don't, that's not an issue. And the oil didn't really sink into my skin. Okay. So I was like, all right, bye. And then I bought an Amore Pacific essence. Okay. I had mentioned on the podcast before when we recorded about the Sephora sale that I wanted to try the SK2 essence. Yes. And then when I was kind of like in the shopping mode, I went deep over into this other essence and the reviews and every review was like, ah, this is the game changer. And of course I was swayed and I was swayed by the discount. So I bought it and it was, and it was very, it's uh, expensive. Pacific is expensive. Yes, it was. And I was like in my brain, I justified it in two ways, which was the sale and also anything I put on my face, I could consider like, "Uh, it's from, it's for the podcast. Totally. Dot, dot, dot. And I'll tell you, it did not do any, it didn't do anything for me. Okay. And so, and I was kind of like, you know what? I'm not going to sit here. I'm not in a space where I can just sit here with this expensive essence Mm -hmm. if I'm not using it or Mm -hmm. liking it. So I brought it back. Now I will tell you, I did get these Kula silk sundrops. Ooh. Sunscreen for my face and a jasmine body oil from Herbivore. Loving both those products. Those sound nice. They are both you know, Lush. I love a jasmine. I know you do. Mm-hmm. It did make me think I could maybe one day make my own jasmine body oil. Oh. So after I finish this. I would buy it from you. Do, uh, that actually could be a fun project. Yeah. I think I'll just give you it. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, that would. I want to support female entrepreneurs. <laughs> support my new business yeah. making oils. <laughs> You're starting an MLM. <laughs> I forgot to tell everybody I'm in, in the oil business now. Come join my business. Uh, I just, I was like, I bet I could make this a much yeah. affordable situation but yeah. it's very nice and it's um feels great on the skin so that's been my sephora adventure lately i i had to, i skipped the sephora sale because it started like a couple days after i got out of the hospital and i was in no frame of mind you weren't um sitting at home thinking about what to buy in the sephora sale right after you had a baby it's weird i wasn't <laughs> <laughs> all right we're gonna take a short take break in the break You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast, but I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass, but this year I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be Redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation, 
with Chris Voss, or Think Like a Boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe Capture Your Vision Through Photography with Petra Collins. Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get into okay, it. Do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no. I was just gonna say, like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh god, like get this off of me. <laughs> No, thank once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. Our guest today is Santina Muha. Santina. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. I'm going to read your bio and then we will get started. Santina is a regular performer at the Upright Citizens Brigade here in Los Angeles. And while there, she has written and performed a sold out one woman show, been on a House Herald team, performed stand up on the UCB show and was a recurring monologist for their main stage show, ASCAT. She is a recipient of the Christopher Reeve Acting Scholarship and the UCB Diversity Scholarship, and her BuzzFeed series, Ask a Woman in a Wheelchair, has received over 10 million, that's a huge amount, hits and following, and following, 10 million hits and counting. You might know Santina from her role as Beth on the Netflix comedy One Day at a Time, or you could have seen her dancing in the park with Joaquin Phoenix in the Gus Van Sant film Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot. And there's a chance you may have also seen her shopping at Marshall's (laughs) because she loves Marshall's. That's right. Santina, we're so glad you're here. Thank you. I'm so proud. That, that was, was a good. That, that was, was great. That was great. And you're an impressive <laughs> you. person. I mean, when you put it all together like that, it yeah. feels good. Let me tell you, <laughs> it can be really nice to condense your life's accomplishments into one paragraph and then yeah. have someone else read it to you. But that, what's interesting is that this does not mention that before you were doing all this, not that long ago, you were a, like an entertainment journalist. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. Just what you were doing when I first met you, I think. Mm -hmm. I wrote for Hello Giggles. I mean, I started with Tiger Beat and Bop. I mean. I know, right? Classic. Iconic (laughs) teen magazines. I know. I would do, you know, go to events. I was their East Coast correspondent when I lived in New Jersey. So I'd go to, like, the opening of Dylan's Candy Bar and interview Jesse McCartney or go to, um, you know, the Arthur Ashe Kids Day 
and interview the Jonas Brothers and Little Mama. It was so fun. How did you get started before doing comedy? How did you get started doing that? Because that's such a specific career that I feel like no one quite knows how to break into. <laughs> well, a friend of mine, Colleen Brumall, she had the East Coast correspondent job and she got it through internships or whatever. And then Colleen was so great at her job that they ended up hiring her. So she moved to Los Angeles and then she recommended me as her replacement. And so she said, they're going to call you and do a phone interview. Were you really into teen celebs? Like, why did yes. she? So she recommended me because we had met at a party through friends and we spent the whole party talking. I mean, we were friends by the end of that party. And then our mutual friends were like, duh, we knew this was going to happen because <laughs> we both were so passionate about just celebrities. And, and we also, what I, what she liked about Tiger Beat, which I always thought was cool, was that she liked working for a publication that was kind, you know, mm -hmm. it wasn't like trying to get the dirt on people. And even though behind the scenes, you had the dirt and you could talk about <laughs> it, but it wasn't like we weren't putting any of these kids on blast. So right. I thought that was cool. And I was so jealous of the job. So I was really grateful when she recommended me when she moved. And yeah, they interviewed me. And like the next day I was in Manhattan interviewing Jesse McCartney was my first one. And it was so cool. And then I got to, yeah, I got to go to the MTV Awards. And it was, I mean, yeah, definitely a job that I was excited to have. I mean, luckily I was older, so I wasn't fangirling. I mean, I wouldn't have been able to have this job right. when I was 16. <laughs> sure. No. no way I could have interviewed Justin Timberlake. No way at that time. But now, you know, then I was an adult. But still, I'd have moments. Like, I remember one time I was uh, at a, a Z100 jingle ball event or something classic yes and i was backstage you know in the press room and it was brooke hogan was performing oh my goodness and you know cool to meet brooke hogan but then her dad walked in hulk hogan and for some reason i started crying i don't oh. know why i think because he's such a figure it was like if bart simpson walked in the room or something it didn't feel real you it's know like your childhood walks into it. yes room. exactly and um yeah, and, and so, like, cool things like that. Like, Bon Jovi wasn't performing, but his kids, you know, were fans, so they were there, and Bon Jovi was backstage. Stuff like that would be cool. And you're a Jersey girl, so. And I'm a Jersey, yeah. Like, Bon Jovi or Springsteen. Yes, and I've I've definitely hung out with both of them oh, at no. the shore. I thought you were going to say, I've seen both of them no. in concert. And you've hung out with both of them at the shore? At bars, yeah. They, it's true. The legends are true. They go to just bars at the shore? If you hang out long enough at a bar... In Monmouth County, you will see Bruce Springsteen. I mean, maybe they're, I don't know how they're older now. No, I think, I don't know what they're up to these days. But back then, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. So it, so then how did you make the leap from doing this, doing this job that you really liked to pursuing a career in comedy? Because you didn't just change careers. You, you've changed cities. I mean, you moved to L.A. Mm -hmm. So what was that decision like for you? Well, I always wanted to be an actress, first and foremost. And then doing these interviews was cool. But it, it was like, can somebody start asking me questions now? I want to be interviewed, you know? Mm -hmm. I want to be the one who people are waiting for, not the one who's waiting for the people, you know? So, um, yeah, so I just said, well, New York was really inaccessible. You know, there wasn't as much TV and stuff going on there. And I figured I always wanted to live in L.A. since the first episode of Beverly Hills 90210. Mm -hmm. I was like, where is that? What is that? <laughs> and my mom was like, that's California. And I'm like, can I live there? She said, yeah, if you want someday. So I did. You know, it was always a goal of mine. I always felt like um, a Jersey girl slash California girl, even before I ever lived here. And that's that's what I am. I mean, my my Jersey friends are like, oh, you're so L.A. And my California friends are like, you are so Jersey. <laughs> so I live there in the middle. And um, yeah, I just I don't know. I just did it. And what has it been like to carve out a career as an actor? I mean, like to come here in five less than five years ago and to then be appearing in a Gus Van Sant film. <laughs> that's like a that's a pretty big transition right like that's does that how do you how did you make that happen for yourself besides uh, like I mean I'm assuming lots of hard work yeah well 
So I got started. I mean, I moved here officially on a Friday and started UCB classes on Monday. And UCB is an improv and comedy theater here in L.A. and New York. We yeah. should clarify. Yes, I know. We forget. We I live in the UCB bubble sometimes. I'm like, you've heard of it. It's famous. And most pe- some people have and some people haven't. That's just the reality. But um, so I, I started there. And yeah, it's a great place to be. I started making friends who were interested in in comedy. I mean, I, I've always, like I said, I've been, I've been in school plays all my life, summer programs, theater programs, things like that. So it's, I've always been pursuing it. But it wasn't until I moved here that that was all I was doing. And, you know, just from really throwing myself into this UCB world and getting on a team, luckily, that that happened for me pretty early. Um, I don't know. It's just it's it's a place where people go to look for talent. Like Gus Van Sant cast a lot of that movie from UCB because even though it's a, a serious topic, he wanted it to have some levity, and so he wanted to cast comedians, even though it wasn't necessarily comedic roles, just so they would have that. So I think that was cool. So you know, when Gus Van Sant comes to the the comedy theater and says, "Hey, do you guys know of a of a?" Uh, aggressively cheerful brunette in a wheelchair it's like <laughs> yeah we got one of those oh, you know? just you wait yeah. <laughs> so you know it worked out that worked out and one day at a time same thing they were looking to you know cast someone who used a wheelchair just to expand their diversity that's important to them on that show and a friend of mine who knew the show knew the showrunner her friend uh, Lindsay Crafts she suggested me and the showrunners had seen me at UCB and said, oh, yes, I know her. She's funny. Okay, great. Cast her. And that was it. I didn't even have to audit. So, it, wow. it, yeah. So doing UCB really helped me because it just opened some doors and connected some dots for me. And then I was able to get an agent for after that. I had to. I booked so many things through UCB and on my own before I got a theatrical agent. Because getting an agent out here is like – getting a credit card where it's like you need credit to get one but you can't get credit totally, until you yeah. have one so you kind so of yeah you have to do figure it out like your own way so that's how I how I did it can we circle back to the mention of Beverly Hills now to an L yeah we have to cuz i i would love to hear your perspective on the show which i know is one of your favorites as self care because you're you're a huge fan of 90210 yes what is the role that it pl- it's played in in your life since childhood to now? It's a staple of my childhood, right? I I always bring it up. If you know me, you know I love that show because it's probably going to come up in conversation. Just either me saying like, "Oh yeah, that's like when Brenda and um, you know went to drama school and had uh, everyone thought she slept with the teacher or whatever." Like I, I reference <laughs> the show all the time, um, and yeah, I don't know. It was just uh, this is kind of silly, but. <laughs> I, growing up, I didn't see a lot of people in wheelchairs on television. And there was this one thing in the cold open where they would just or, – or is that even what it's called? The thing where they would show – you know, no, in the establishing shots when they would just show the college campus. It's not even – the show didn't even start yet. They're just showing the campus, getting you ready. And there was a girl in a wheelchair. She had like – I think she had short blonde hair and um, gloves on, those little, like, pushing gloves. And she just kind of zooms across the stage – or across the set, the screen. And I thought, oh, my God, I could go to college in California wow. just oh, wow. from seeing that. So that, to me, was really cool. And then that show actually had two different characters with plots. Actually, the one character, the plot – the whole episode revolved around the fact that he was in a wheelchair. It was Brandon and, and Brenda's cousin, and he came into town, and he had to, like – they went. They brought him to a party, and everyone had to help him. And he got embarrassed. And I, I related to that. And then there was another plot line with this sort of Kelly's psych teacher, who ended up being sort of a cult leader. And they never ever mentioned the fact that he was in a wheelchair, which I thought was really cool because yeah, every yeah. time I had seen it on TV, it was you know is. Is Zach going to date this girl after he finds out she's in a wheelchair and saved by the bell? Is Doogie Howser going to date this girl he met in the pool after he realizes she's in a wheelchair? Is you know it was always like the very special episode, or the and my mom would always record them for me because it was not something I would see. Um, So I thought nine hundred two and zero did a really cool job with it, you know. And whether I realized that or not, I appreciated it 
at the time. And then you had a very special encounter with Luke Perry. Yeah, well, I know. He was my number one crush of all time. Uh, forever and ever, even, you know, he, I remained loyal to him. He remained my number one through the Jonathan Taylor Thomas days and through the, you know, Justin Timberlake days. I mean, he was number one for me. And I always wanted to meet him. And I remember he was doing an autograph signing at the Freehold Mall in New Jersey. And my mom didn't take me because she just thought it would be mobbed. Because, you know, remember back in the day, they were yeah. like the Beatles. And yeah, I guess she was right, but I, I held a grudge <laughs> for a long time. And then I moved to L.A. thinking, well, great, now I'm going to meet him, right? It's Luke Perry. Yeah, uh, driving he, around. He lives here. When you move to L.A., if you don't live here, it's like you move into your TV set. I mean, it is. It's like you still go to Target, but Jessica Alba's there or whatever. It's like the coolest thing. So I thought, well, inevitably I'm going to run into Luke Perry, uh, you know, if there is a God. And so I, I, three years ago, I was in the hospital for something for three months. This like freak thing that had me, had me in a recovery period of seven weeks being bed bound 24 seven. So I didn't get out of bed for seven weeks. It was intense. And a friend of mine who is an actress, Deanna Russo, she saw like her manager and his manager shared an office or something. So she knew how to get in touch with him. And so without even telling me, she emailed his manager and said, listen, I have a friend who's in the hospital. She loves Luke Perry more than anyone. If he could maybe write her a letter or call her, she would freak out. Here's all her info. And he decided to surprise me by coming to visit. And I had no idea any of this was happening. And the next thing you know, your visitor Luke is here. And I'm like, Luke? Oh my God. Luke, the only, Luke Perry? That's the first thing I think of because I'm telling you, I loved him. I'm, I was... You mentioned and Brenda. I'm thinking of Brenda from 902. And I mean, you know, it's the first thing that comes to mind. So, in fact, I know someone named Brenda Kelly, and I'm just like, you are so lucky. <laughs> I can't even believe that's your name. name. How did you do that? Uh, but anyway, so yeah, she, uh, and and there he was. There he he walked through my door, and I was stunned. And he hugged me, and I cried in his arms, and then I cried harder because I realized I was crying in Luke Perry's arms. And he said, um, it, you know, he, I always tell this story, but I think it's so cool. He goes, it's okay. It's just you and me. It's just you and me. I mean, he's like, he's very Dylan. Oh, I'm going to cry. I, well, right. And then he sat with me for an hour and we just hung out. And in the first few minutes, it was like, oh my God, it's Dylan McKay. You know, but then by the end, it was like, great. Now I know Luke Perry. And actually he called me later that day to tell me, you know, I've just been thinking about how great that was. I'm so glad I did that. You're so cool. Like, we, we, And I really feel like connected. He said, um, you know, I said, yeah. I go, I'm so glad I didn't meet you in the mall now. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, no, that's not how we were supposed to meet. Oh, this is how we were supposed to meet because now we know each other. And I mean, you know, we didn't hang out any really time after that. But, you know, friends would tell me they ran into him and they'd say, oh, I know Santina. And he'd be like, oh, I love Santina. So it's like, I, I did it. I did it. I not only did because I've met, you know, Shannon Darty and, and I've met all four of the, the staple women, but most of them I've met at book signings and things. So it's cool. But it's like I went to them. Luke Perry came to me. I mean, he signed the he had to sign the guest book. There was his name in the hospital visiting guest book. I mean, it was the cool. He drove to me, he woke up that morning like I'm going to visit Santina. He knew that he was coming to me before I knew. I mean, it's ama amazing. And so when he passed. You know, I've told this story so many times, so I got to uh, – the one thing, you know, I mean, God, how – such a – it sucks that he died. He was too young, and we all – you know, we all know it. And, and, but I was – when he visited me, he was talking about how he doesn't want to just be known as an actor or like a heartthrob. That wasn't really his thing. I mean, he had no press with him. You know, sometimes celebrities visit people in hospitals, and it's like – you know, it's in the news or something. That right. he, had, he wasn't interested in that. He just wanted to do good things for people. He really wanted to. And then, I mean, have you guys seen a bigger outpouring of, you know, good of people sharing good deeds? It since, was amazing. Like, since Princess Diana, I feel like I haven't seen. It was amazing. And who would have guessed Luke Perry yeah. Yeah. would be this? But I mean, he well, brought. You would have guessed. I, I mean, knew it the knew. whole time. I knew it the whole time. But yeah, I mean, he brought balloons on airplanes for crying kids. I mean, he went above and beyond. He carried umbrellas around people's heads when it was their birthday. I mean, these stories came out. He was a really good guy, and I'm just so happy to know that he's not only known as, you know, this heartthrob. He really, after he died, people just 
started to come out of the woodwork and talk about what a great, actual great guy he was. And that's really what he wanted. So I'm happy about that. And I'm sad that I never got to work with him. But my first time ever on Access Hollywood was talking about the time I met Luke Perry. So in a way, did we work together? Kind of. Sort of. (laughs) I mean, not really. But in a way, we... We are, if you Google Santina Mua, Luke Perry, stuff will come up. And that's pretty cool. That is really cool. And but, what a good, what a, it's very cool that your, your encounter with him is, it represents so deeply yeah. who he was. I know. Like, that's really incredible. Yeah. I mean, and, and I know everybody said this to you, but the second I heard he passed away, you were the first person I thought of. Oh my God. I, and I, I know literally everybody I know who knows you has said that to you. From elementary school teachers to ex-boyfriends I haven't heard from in years. <laughs> I mean, they all kidding. checked in. Everybody checked in to celebrities I I met other times, d- DMing me on Instagram. I mean, really, people knew me, know me as this Luke Perry girl. I want to circle. I want to circle back to what you were talking about about when you saw when you're watching the opening that establishing shot on 90210 and you mm-hmm. see this woman in college like go by in the wheelchair. How does that feel now to be that person to somebody watching one day at a time? I mean, what is, have you, do you reflect on that? What does that feel like? Has, have people talked to you about that? Yeah. Yeah. Or even on stage at UCB, people will say to me, um, I saw you in a show and now I'm going to take classes there. I didn't know I could do, you know, improv or whatever. Um, and I, and UCB, every single stage at UCB is accessible now. And I contributed to that. You know, I, I helped to make that happen. I'm very proud of that. Um, I think there's still so much work that needs to be done because, I mean, there's still very little representation of yeah. people with disabilities on TV and even less uh, female and then even less people who have disabilities actually playing those roles. Yeah. So it's problematic, but... I'm so excited and proud to be a part of this. Uh, I always knew I I would be. You know, it's like, you know, there's some people who just like quietly know their mission and just move towards it yes, all o- of their Oprah. lives. Oprah, yeah. yes. Ellen, you know, Luke Perry, to be honest. David Bowie. These are people I feel like that I should be in the same category Let's as. Let's just say it. You are <laughs> at their level. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, no, really, it's like I just know that this is something I'm supposed to be doing. I used to work for the National Spinal Cord Injury Association, which was really cool, but I, I hit a, a wall there. I felt like this is great, but it's not the way I'm supposed to make these changes. Mm. I need to be doing them. You know, I'm an actress. I'm a writer. I'm creative. That's that's the way. And our society is just dictated by pop culture and media, right? They just are. Oh, we all yeah. sushi. We like sushi now. Okay. Now we're all eating sushi. I mean, right. I mean, think about the, the big, the boom in the nineties when homosexuality became more normalized on television with Ellen and Queer Eye and Will and Grace. And finally, it started to become kind of normalized. And honestly, there's still work to be done there. Of course. But it's better. It's better now than it was. I mean, do you ever watch movies from the early 90s? Oh. Oh, my God. Or yeah. from the 80s? Oh, my God. It's awful. I it mean, it's is. crazy. And, and hopefully in 20 years, people will look back at the movies from now and say, say yeah. you know, and point out what we're doing wrong. I know. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm trying to help normalize it and not have it be the very special episodes that I grew up watching because yeah. that always felt weird to me. Yeah. You know, like it shouldn't be on the news when a girl in a wheelchair gets asked to the prom. Fuck no. And that's what it is. Yeah. And it makes it, imagine being a girl in a wheelchair. And then feeling like you're a pity party mm-hmm. all the time, or you're a hero, and it's like, no, you know, sometimes I was just a bitch, or right. <laughs> sometimes I was just, you know, the girl you called for advice. I mean, I wasn't always, I was a friend, I was a sister, I was a daughter, I was a niece. I wasn't always, you know, the main plot of someone's story and and that's too much pressure so i really want to help to normalize it that's what i'm doing so i'm excited when i get roles where you know like in don't worry he won't get far on foot i mean that was a movie about a man who became paralyzed and i he meets my character in the rehab and they needed a girl in a wheelchair and that's fine too but then i'm excited in you know um this other movie i'm in where uh, that's going to be coming out it's a mockumentary called Izzy Lion. And my character isn't even in a wheelchair. It's shot 
in ways that you don't ever see it. Oh, wow. The character isn't in one, even though I'm in one. So that's really cool, too. And then, you know, there's a show that was on IFC called Comedy Bang Bang. And the first time I was ever on that show, again, thanks to UCB, um, the, the it was revolving around a joke, uh, you know, that needed – the character needed to be in a wheelchair for the joke. Great. Happy to do it. But then a few years later, they called me back in to play a recurring role as Santina the PA – which we never had nothing to do with me being in a wheelchair. Oh, yeah. It was I had a rivalry with Weird Al, and it was very funny and <laughs> stupid, and nothing to do with it. And that's really cool too. And I'm just so happy that when I go into an audition and I sign in on the sign in sheet, and it's me and and you know Lauren Lapkus or Lennon Parm and these comedic women that I grew up grew up. Lauren Lapkus is my age, but that I you know that I've been admiring. Um, it's so cool to be in the same room with them and not just because sometimes I'll go out for a role that's disability related and sometimes it will happen that I go in the room and it's like an older man, a 12 year old girl. And the only thing is we're all in wheelchairs and I'm oh like, what God. the hell is this? Right. Yeah. What are you doing? Just put a jack-o'-lantern in a wheelchair then and push <laughs> it across the screen. What is this? You know, so I'm glad that we're starting to to get there, and I'm happy to be part of that. So happy! Holy shit, that visual of a jackal intern, <laughs> someone just just rolling it around. Across. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older, and how we treat it, and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay. I visible know. on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, One Skin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like creppiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. And please support our show and tell them we sent you. You mentioned that you are on your way to get a facial today. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about <laughs> your skincare and self-care rituals and practices. Okay. Because you said it, you were just like, yeah, when it rains, I go get a facial. Uh-huh. And I, I love. I the, love that rule. Yeah, I know. One, if we lived Need in Seattle, we would it. just be yeah. <laughs> glowing, glowing, and broke. Uh, but what is like? What are your practices for self care in addition to a rainy day facial? How do you How do you care for yourself and nurture yourself, especially when you're so busy? Well, I love engaging all of my senses and sort of. Um, that's something why I say when it rains, I want a facial because I love moments where you can sort of like I I'm pretty famous in my in my friend circle for um I I love a good high shower with meaning I smoke a little pot beforehand 
I can say that on this podcast, you right? You can, yes. Great. We live um, in California. It's exactly. Legal. It's perfectly legal. Um, and then I set. I have twinkle lights in my bathroom. I have a, a, a sound, a playlist that is ready to go. I light a candle or I drop some lavender in there. And then I have tea when I get out. I drink some tea. So I'm hitting all my senses. And oh my I God. feel like, I know, I really feel like that's like maybe a secret that people don't know about because it really like aligns you in a way that your whole body just appreciates that you're you're listening to all of it. So you've got music going, yeah. you've got the visual of the lights, mm-hmm. you've got the warmth of the shower, mm-hmm. the, the scent, mm-hmm. the lavender, and then you get out and have a cup of tea. You've like set up a spot, your house. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And it's just an apartment. I mean. Right. Do you, how often do you do that? Is that like a weekly thing for you? Once in a while? Yeah, I try to do it like, uh, I try to make one of my nightly showers a real, a real good one. One of your nightly showers. Well, I mean like. One a week. One a week. Oh, right. I see. I, I don't like, take. Oh, you take. No, I don't. Showers. Are you kidding me? No, no, no way. I like so often we Doreen and I talk oh, about no. how like we haven't showered in seven yeah. days. I would love it if you had you were like a five shower a day type of person. <laughs> Nightmare. No, I haven't. I I just you when I came in you said you liked my hat and I said thanks. I'm wearing it because I didn't feel like washing my hair today or yesterday or the day before. Or the day I day haven't before. washed yeah. my hair since Saturday. Yeah. No. Yeah. So is that a new thing that cold is happening? Or Are you asking me? I'm just generally proposing oh. it to the the crowd here. I have you always a, been a not hair washer? Yeah, I never washed my hair every day. No, I didn't have to. It's also you have to train it that way. Some people are like, I can't. I have to wash it every day. And it's like, well, yeah, because you do wash it every day. This is where I was my whole life. Yeah. And then it's you took only a step in the back. last year that I've been able to not be washing my hair every day. Now yeah. I wash it twice a week. And honestly, I think I like I'm losing so much less hair. Yeah, yeah. And remember, I was in the hospital because I was in a car accident. So I was in the hospital for like a year. You're not washing your hair that often when you're in the hospital. You're just not. Yeah. And so that was when I was young. So that kind of, I don't know. Maybe that's where I got started. I don't know. But I've trained my hair, you know, to stay pretty clean. Oh, it looks very nice from over yeah, here. Thank where we're sitting. you. This is a blowout that is. Lasting, but after I get my facial, that's why I didn't wash it this. Oh morning. yes, yes. Because I last night I was in the mood to. I I had one of those great showers last night, and I really wanted to wash my hair, but I said no because I want to get a facial tomorrow, and then I do the whole. Um, I love a good scalp massage, mm. and they put like oil in there, mm. and so if I washed my hair last night, I would have also had to wash it tonight, and you don't want to mess up that training schedule. No, Are you in you a don't. shower cap? No, I just threw it up in a clip. Okay, okay. It's okay if it gets sprayed. It's not a matter of getting it a little damp. It's just the full, like, washing and redrying and styling. Yeah. So let's talk about Marshalls because that Uh. is in your bio. (laughs) And I do think not only, like, the experience of shopping is very self-soothing, but, like, specifically sometimes these certain stores Mm -hmm. are a comfort. Yes. I'd love to dig into why Marshalls. Tell us about what it is that you love so much. It is a comfort. Growing up, those were the stores I went to with my mom and my nonna, you know, my grandmother. And um, I love Marshalls because I say, (laughs) one time I called Marshalls uh, like a rich lady's garage sale. You know, that's, it's like, it's like you, (laughs) you, right? It's like you feel like you have to kind of dig a little bit. Um, and but I like that. I like that it's not uniform. I love it's so exciting when you find something. Marshalls is the kind of thing where I either leave with zero things or three hundred dollars worth of things, right? Um, mm-hmm. I love that there's sections. You know, there's the clothes, and then there's like the home goods, and then there's like the you know foods and spices section, and then there's you know um, shoes and it's pajamas. Please, it's, a candle. Candles, oh my God, it is truly some days, uh, my friend Dana, or I will text the other one and just be like, do you want to go to Marshall's today? I mean, it's <laughs> it's Disneyland for me. It's my Disneyland. Santina, you, I, we didn't touch upon this yet, but I know that um, you do wheelchair consulting for TV shows. Is that right? Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about what that, like what maybe, I don't know what shows you've consulted on, but how that works, what... Um, what kind of changes you suggest Im- are implemented in the shows that you consult on? Yeah, so, you know, s- especially for shows where they have a character who uses a wheelchair, but the person doesn't use a wheelchair, yeah. I recommend hiring me or, you know, a consultant because you should be employing someone who uses a wheelchair if you are, honestly, the actor should be, if the mm-hmm. character is. 
but we'll get there. But if, if that's not possible for some reason or if it's too late, then it's I recommend having a consultant on board just to say things like, mm, that's not really realistic or that, you know, that's not that not something I would do or that's not really a problem for people in wheelchairs or, you know. So I've uh, been able to answer some questions about here's a scene. We want the, um, this character to kiss the character in the wheelchair. You know, it, it, how is how if you wanted to initiate a kiss with someone and they're standing, how would you do that? Things like that. These are like the types mm. of questions that I've been able to answer. It's fun. I like it. I like and you just like go into the writer's room and or over the phone or okay. or I've been, you know, on set mm-hmm. and, you know, it's cool. I like it. But. Again, I can't wait until they yeah. just ask the, the actor. So, Santina, where can people see you on stage or on their screens? Um, and you have two mo- You have how many movies coming out this year? Uh, well, I have Greener Grass is a comedy. The Mustang is a drama that I haven't seen yet. So I'm like, should I tell people to watch it? Let me. <laughs> I need to check my performance first. Um, and then, uh, yeah, a mockumentary that that's coming out called Izzy Lion about a sign spinner. And um, that's that's it for for now. I think movie wise, but you know, I'm always looking to create. This year is a year that I've dedicated to to making things that are tangible. I do a lot of improv, which is fun, and I love that as well. But Sometimes a year can go by and you're like, that was so fun. And you have nothing to show for right. it. Like, what did I do? What did I, yeah, yeah, what did I do? So um, I want to make sure I do a little bit more, you know, because writing is cool, but then you got to get all the equipment. It's like, how do you make this? How do I get yeah. this out of my computer? So I want to work on that a little bit more. I'm also working on writing a book. But so you can see me now on stage at UCB. Check my um, Instagram or my Twitter for, you know, when stuff like that is coming out. It's just what is your Instagram and Twitter? It's just at Santina Muha, S-A-N-T-I-N-A-M-U-H-A. And um, yeah, or or watch those movies or uh, One Day at a Time is on Netflix. I'm on seasons two and three. Um, I did an episode of Curb, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, my God. Which um, but see, as an actress, it's always like. I feel weird talking about a thing that I've done before it comes out because you never know right. what's going to get cut. You can cut. get cut. You yes. never know. Yes. So I don't want to sound like a liar, but I – look, you can't take the experience away from you me. I was an there. shot an episode of Curve. Yes. With Larry David, you know, it was – and ugh, it was so fun. Oh, my God. It was awesome. But And I did another episode of Adam Ruins Everything oh. that you can see. So there's things coming out if, if I don't get cut. <laughs> you won't get cut. I'll have something to say about it. Thank you. Well, now, right. Now they can't because I've just promoted them. <laughs> That's right. I do like that. Go on podcasts before the thing comes out yeah. and yeah. promote it so they can't cut you. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, Santina, thank you so much for being here. This was a pleasure. Yeah, it was Ugh. a real freaking treat. Thank yeah. you for having me. Thank Love you. it. We'll Love you, you guys. See you at Marshall's. Please. <laughs> so, Dory, last, last week you set the intention to leave the house once a day. And actually go somewhere. I did. Have you been doing it? I have been. Um, yeah, I have been. I mean, some days, some days it's tough. Yeah. But I have been. And what I've also been trying to do is making more plans. Like, for example, I met a friend yesterday. And in, I, I think... I like a couple of weeks ago, I would have been like, let's just be in touch in the morning and figure it out. And instead I was like, let's meet at 11, <laughs> you know? Um, and same with like going to yoga today. I wasn't like, I'll see how I feel when I wake up. I was like, I'm going to go to yoga. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think just kind of striking that balance between like leaving yourself the flexibility to not do the thing, but also like making an effort, to do the thing is important it's a dance it is a dance and but i i know that it's good for my mental health to yeah, yeah. get out and to see people and you know etc and your mental health is important always and especially right now i can't think of anything better to think about totally um how about you how did focusing on body positive mantras go you know it's been i've i felt like i kind of vomited a lot of my like rough stuff on last week's episode 
And after I got it out, I was like, I feel better. Oh, good. And in the past couple of days on over on our Instagram stories, I've been sharing people's confidence songs. Yes. And they've been making me feel very confident. All you need is Lizzo in your life. That's true. I mean, holy moly. Mm -hmm. So just just hearing like what people go to when they're trying to muster up confidence and just having that be in the forefront of my brain has been really making me feel great. Oh, good. Uh, So I have to say sharing on the podcast really helped. That's amazing. I know this podcast. Who knew? Changed changes our lives. <laughs> what is on your intentions agenda for this week? Well, it's like semi-related to last week's, but more focused on exercise. I like I, I after I went to prenatal, pre and postnatal yoga last week, I was sore. Yeah. Which like it is a very gentle class. Sure. But I, you know, I really have not been doing anything physical and it's starting to, I feel like it's starting to kind of wear at me mentally. Um, and so I would like to get back into exercising just kind of for my own mental health. And I need to figure out again, like, how do I fit that into my day? I feel like now I really need to plan for it. Yeah. And what does it look like? And what now? does it look like? And so those are all things that I'm thinking about and trying to figure out and so that is my intention for this week that's a good one thank you how about you dory i wrote down that this week i'm going to share and celebrate my accomplishments allow myself to feel pride when i get shit done and do a good job oh i love that (laughs) thanks i just never i never uh i like celebrating yourself and just being like hey i did this thing you know it's like giving yourself positive feedback yes and like we have accomplishments and i and and so often we're, you know, told not to sell not, that being it's like, what is the adult version of the gold star chart? Oh, I mean, I could, you could, people do make gold star charts as adults. I could do that. Give I myself mean... a star. I just, you know, I, I, I made my word goal that I had set for myself. Yeah. And that was a big deal for me because I, I really struggle with consistent writing practices. And so, and then I just posted it on Instagram and I felt really proud of myself. That's amazing. And I appreciated people sharing that they were proud of me also but just allowing like I don't need anybody else to feel proud if I you know what I mean finding that in myself so I'm gonna try to do that a little bit more so we'll see how that goes okay see what I accomplished I look forward to hearing more about this okay I'll keep celebrating my my things with you great Dory yes you're back I am the end of another episode with you it sure is so glad you're back oh thank you I'm glad to be here if listeners want to call you specifically talk to you our voicemail is 781-591-0390 and our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com and you can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash forever35podcasts and the password there is serums shout out to that amazing Facebook group and our our amazing amazing mods. mods oh they're pretty incredible and if you like the show please do leave us a review on apple podcasts and tell a friend and if you really like us you know give us the old shout out on the social media and a reminder that everything we mention is always on our website forever35podcast.com and you can follow us on instagram at forever35podcast where you can see things like confidence songs. So many great confidence songs. Kate's Gratitude Mondays. I love just getting in those stories. Yeah, I love it too. Um, and on Twitter, we are at Forever35Pod. And Forever35 is hosted and produced by Dory Shafrir and Kate Spencer and produced and edited by Sammy Junio. And Lane Hammer is our assistant. And we thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.